No, we need. What do we need? This is what we need. One, we need to announce the date. It's September 8th, 2015. This is the 18th episode of the Soybean Pass Podcast. You know what we need. What do we need? We need an intern. We do. Does anybody want to intern for us? It would be great to have an intern. What would they do? Oh, what would they? Do? What wouldn't they do? They would come in, make us coffee. They, oh yes, so much coffee, so individually much. French pressed. Oh, and then they would set up the microphones, oh. get the computer set up. That's at least two and a half minutes. <laughs> if it's done right, <laughs> uh, and then they could like, um, what else could they do? There's so many things. They, they could, could find interesting topics for us to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. They could take out the recycling. Well, oh. that's taking away some other person's job. Mm. No one's doing it in my office. A <laughs> lot of dead time here today. It's kind of low energy. Because um, we're running out of things to talk about. No, we're just changing what we're talking about. Oh, yeah? What are we changing to? Well, I mean, for the past 17 episodes, we've been talking about what we're hearing, seeing in the field, treatment recommendations, all that kind of stuff. And... I think now, as fields around the state are, you know, they're entering R7, R8, so they're entering maturity, things are senescing. Basically, yeah. insects are either starting the overwintering process or they're moving someplace else. So now like we have to the find... The windshield of my car. Yeah, we have to find maybe other things to talk about that are related to soybean pests. So I was driving down to Kansas City this weekend. Yeah. And... Um, and then we drove by down at night because it was cooler, but we came back in the, in the evening or afternoon. And, uh, yeah, it's amazing to watch the progression of the, especially corn. Yeah. Because down in, like, central Missouri, that corn's ready. It looks ready to go. It's all brown mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. kind of tan. And then you get further and further into Iowa, central Iowa, and it just starts getting greener and greener. I mean, you start to see, like, you know, it's going to eventually what uh, – get to where it is in Missouri, but you can see that progression. Well, on my Twitter feed, I saw some really nice pictures from people posting kind of plant growth updates, Mm -hmm. and black layer is happening in corn. So that's, I mean, that's kind of the end of the road for corn. That sounds like something out of Game of Thrones. Black layer? Yeah. Yeah. Entered the black layer. Well, it is. It's pretty much threshing time, so. I mean, within a couple weeks, so it's uh, nice, nice to see that final progression. And the heat, oh my. God, yeah. it was so hot this weekend. Oh. I did a little experiment this weekend, uh, yeah. unintentionally. Perspiration? <clears throat> How many mosquito bites can you get on your foot? <laughs> <laughs> the answer is nine before it starts to look like um, maybe something is going on. That's like <laughs> elephantitis or something. I've got a really puffy foot. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the elephant, man. You get the, the mosquitoes the, up love. north, northern Minnesota, yeah. vicious. Yeah. Vicious, vicious animals. We were out at the uh, oh here's a plug for somebody uh, that runs this I don't know who it was but um, we went to the Kansas City market in uh, Kansas City it's this like open air market where they sell it's fruits and vegetables and then they have these stalls that are kind of restauranty but also grocery store e uh, and they they feature different ethnic groups so there's like the Italians there was uh, West Africa the Ghanaians. Um, there was a Middle Eastern one, yeah. the Indian, mm. and they had like huge racks of spices and fresh fruits and vegetables. Not farmer's market. I mean, yeah. I, should, I guess every market's a farmer's market, but they weren't attached to like a specific farm. They had, yeah. Um, at 95 plus at 11 o'clock, 
in the morning. Um, there aren't any mosquitoes. There aren't mm. any flies. But mm. there were a lot of people swarming around looking at all that stuff. Mm. Kind of amazing. Yeah. I don't know why I'm bringing that up. I, oh, because we're running out of things to talk about. Except... We're not running out. No. We're you, transitioning. We're, we're transitioning. Hey, I wanted to transition. I got this. This is in front of you. This makes really good podcasting when I have visuals to share. But uh, what back in August, I uh, went to the Xerxes Society's um, workshop uh, on um, conservation biocontrol, conservation biological control. So for those that don't know what that is, can you elaborate? Yeah, I'll try. Tell me if this makes sense. Um <laughs> So biological control is when you use, uh, when you kind of fight fire with fire. You use insects to feed on insect pests and sometimes weeds and other pests of agriculture. So for suppression of, of insects or weeds or whatever you're doing with other animals? Yeah, yeah. No. But mm, about 90% of the time it's insects. Yeah. Although I guess you know, nematodes, pathogens yeah. um, could, are included in there. And, you know, you could, you know, people can buy these uh, critters um, and release them in their gardens or their greenhouses. And that's one form of biocontrol. Uh, sometimes we go to exotic places to find the insects that feed on invasive pests. And that's another form. You know, find them, bring them back. So, for them. example, they've done that many, well, they've done that several times for soybean aphid. Is that right? They've gone to areas where yeah. soybean and soybean aphid is native and tried to find the the natural control that's in those areas yeah yeah look at you bringing this back to well i'm just aphid. trying to make sure everyone's wow. in the loop not knowing yeah. who who all of our all three of our listeners are <laughs> they might have true. a varied background yeah yeah so we we tried releasing a wasp that was uh, that is native to china that we think it helps contribute to its uh, suppression, it being the soybean aphid, suppression in China. It uh, didn't work out all that well, in part because it just failed to establish. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, you continue. You know, you find there are, oh, man, how many tens of thousands of parasitoid uh, wasps in the world? Um, how many species? Um, we're, de- we're up to two or three now that are have been released uh and we're going to do another release here next year or subsequent years of a wasp that we think will overwinter in iowa so is that has that really been the biggest challenge is overwintering well for bio for this type of biological control of the soybean aphid yeah i okay. think so okay. I mean, because in the lab they're they easily go after the aphid and kill okay. them that's not the problem uh it's, it's when you release into the wild yeah have the wild trouble. they have trouble <laughs> The wild of Iowa. Um, but there's another form of biocontrol that doesn't involve any of that, and that's any of that being releasing of the natural enemies. Purposeful releasing. Yeah. yeah. This is where you modify the habitat so that those predators and parasitoids that are out there, um, their numbers increase and are, they become more effective. And uh, that's what the Xerxes Society was talking about. And I've, my lab's done some work on this. Um, we've looked at different ways to do this in Iowa, and the, the good people at Xerxes asked me to share some of our experiments. And in return, they gave me this folder and book. I'm holding this up to you right now. This is the book, Farming with Native Beneficial Insects, wow. Ecological Pest Control Solutions. and From the Xerxes Society. Yeah, there's about 250-some pages of... Full exam- color. Yeah, yeah. They're it's beautiful. beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Nice pictures, a lot of details about the different critters, 
see all the different pictures and yeah. descriptions and then different ways that you can adjust your farming to get the most out of these beneficial insects. Um, and then this, so we're kind of playing devil, or not devil's advocate, we're kind of playing up these things because um, we're trying to educate our audience. But here now, this you haven't seen. This is No, I haven't. What? I haven't seen these either thing. Well, the book, the book's been out for about a year. Okay. Um, but this was new. Um, this is, you know, they have a little folder here. Look at a nice folder. Again, pictures of flowers and butterflies and bees and all those things. And they have this handout. I'll give this to you. It's called the Beneficial Insect Habitat Assessment Form and Guide for Farms and Agricultural Landscapes. So this was developed in June 2015, and it's available online. Um, I sent you a link. Yeah. Maybe you can put this in I the I can certainly do that. For the podcast today. And it's uh, several pages, about 12 pages. Uh, there's some explanation on how to use this. Um, and then when you, so if you read through the instructions, what you're doing is um, you're, you're sort of grading your farm to see how good it is for uh, what? Uh, uh, beneficial insects. So it's a, a self-assessment of your farm? Yeah. Okay. And there's a score that you do uh, along the way. Oh, we got a, is that a caller coming in? <laughs> is a caller on the line? No. Caller? <laughs> caller number one? No. You, yeah, no. From Poughkeepsie? 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 Are you there? No caller. All right. Well, getting back to the assessment form, um, you, you fill this out from uh, landscape features. You know, how so, much non-crop is in a half-mile radius around your farm? Mm -hmm. uh, what are the dominant vegetation types around your farm? And then it goes into farm, into the farmscape. So you go from landscape all around the farm to just the farm to you get even smaller scale, like what kind of foraging habitat, what kind of flowers, ground cover is there. Because these the predators need to eat. Yeah. yeah and so, so and they need a place to live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So looking for what, it, what it's trying to do and in, in, in several sections is score your farm for places for your critters, your beneficial insects to live, things for them to feed on other than the paths that you want them to feed on. And uh, I think as you get further in here, management practices that would help or hurt them. Uh, and some of the things they bring up here is, you know, do you use pesticides, use non-chemical forms of pest management. Uh, are you doing things like cover crops or field borders that might uh, benefit these beneficial insects? Mm -hmm. And it scores your farm as you, you write these in, you get a score. Uh, and then it gives you some idea of you know, where, uh, based on that score, you could get the biggest bang for your buck if you were trying to improve your farm for beneficial insects. Okay. Now this is uh, we start off by saying the title of this, Beneficial Insect Habitat Assessment Form. Th there's a lot of focus on here on predators or you know, natural enemies that would attack pests, but a lot of these concepts and ideas, things that you're being scored on, would apply to pollinators as well. Okay. Um, well, this is great. I mean, if someone is just kind of wondering where they're at on the spectrum of you know, if they have that awareness and want to do a little bit more for beneficial insects, pollinators, 
Um, it's kind of a where you're at right now. It gives you some ideas to improve your farm and the area around your farm. And then it has kind of a few before and after sections. So, you, well, you know, hopefully the farm is evolving. Mm -hmm. So there's a before and after. And I think the after part is, you know, after you, after you score the before, mm -hmm. you think about, okay, well, what would I change? And, yeah. Um, and so anybody could anybody can access this this form. Yeah, the link okay. is uh, free. It's a, a PDF. So I will definitely include that. It. This is great. Uh, and there's more explanation than what I just gave, um, but it it's a start. And yeah. you know, my sense is that it's probably not something that you know a corn or soybean farmer is going to get real excited about, uh, unless they're thinking you know eh, maybe I want to cut back on insecticide use and. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm looking at maybe putting some land out of production that, you know, maybe is kind of marginal. Can I get more out of that land other than, say, just CRP? You know, can I, can I look at it as a, a, a source of beneficial insects that might help the adjacent farm? That, yeah, so that, instead of thinking of, like, how many bushels per acre can this area generate, what are some of the other values? Um, yeah. And it might be beneficial insects and just pollinators, other things that they could be providing food and shelter for. So, you know, when you think about corn and soybean, they don't really need a lot. Of, no, they don't need pollination. Uh, there may be a benefit to pollination for soybeans. We've talked a bit about that. But in general, not a big role. But for the vegetable and fruit farmers, yeah. um, this might be a more interesting guide, mm -hmm. uh, especially if you have you know a sizable amount of land and you're not able to you know produce on all of it you need to develop a border around your farm or yeah uh, again maybe have some wetland area or, or someplace that's just difficult to to manage for crops a lot of the plants that they're focused on here are native perennials that would grow well in iowa even under you know kind of poor soil conditions and 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 drought in, mm -hmm. in, in dry areas. Um, so the guide itself doesn't list a lot of the insects, but Xerxes has all kinds this of... This folder is jam-packed. Yeah. I mean, how, can someone get this folder somehow? Uh, or not? That's a good question. Um, the person we were in touch with, Thelma Heidel-Baker, who's the Xerxes Society's IPM coordinator for the what they call the... Uh, Midwest region and former postdoc in in uh, our department here. Yeah, yeah. She, uh, I think you could probably put Thelma's email okay and um, there is and the information for this podcast. Sure, I can do that. Hey, look at that. We just spent 15 minutes talking about that. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. Anything else we need to say before we wrap up? Um, I guess we're wrapping up. Yeah, I think that this, like you said, for certain farmers who are looking to be a little bit more diversified, maybe reaching beyond corn and soybean if they're doing other crops this one this is a great this, this is a great packet and a lot of information i'll take a look at this book see what looks awesome okay there we go yeah that's a day yeah done that's All one right. more in the books one more that's number 18 thanks guys okay.